Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, as always, Tyler Crawley. And once again, we have a lot to get to on this Thursday edition. Another big Wednesday. If you remember last week, we had the inflation report, the CPI data. And, well, it was a little longer show than normal. I don't anticipate that happening this time, but just a forewarning. There is a lot to get to. So the big report from Wednesday, no doubt, everyone was talking about it. That was the existing home sales report that we get from the National Association of Realtors. And yeah, it was not great. It Well, uh, it was kind of a mixed bag, I will say. But the top line number that everyone looks to is what were existing home sales. And they fell 5.4% in June, which isn't a crazy drop, but is much larger than the 0.6% drop than economists were projecting. Year over year, total existing sales are now down 14.2%. So yeah, we are seeing a slowing in housing. We get that. And what's fascinating, because I love to do this, because things are slowing. I understand that, there's no doubt. But you look at what's happening with real estate and it seems like here in the South, there's just not as big of a slowdown as everywhere else. And the data backs that up. We've talked many a times here about how the South continues to dominate when it comes to all of these metrics and existing home sales are no different. The South continues to lead all four regions, even though they fell 6.2% for the month to an annual pace of 2.26 million. Now the annual pace for the entire country is at 5.12 million, which means the South represents 44.1% of all existing home sales. (laughs) So yes, things are slowing down in the South, but nowhere near the slowdown that we are seeing in, uh, or I shouldn't say the slowdown, but the activity that we are seeing in other regions. The Midwest held on to the number two spot. Uh, The West was third and the Northeast, 670,000 that was unchanged from the month before. And you look at that data, you say 670 compared to the 2.26 million. I mean, that's, I mean, that's almost a fourth of the activity in the Northeast and it's happening in the South. It's just, it's, it's crazy how different, different regions are handling this. I mean, it truly is. It's, as I say, right, all real estate is local. Now, even though this was the fifth straight month of declines, we have seen no real impact on home prices. They continue to move upward and June was no different. The median home price, the median existing home price is now $416,000. That is the 124th consecutive month of year over year increases. Not surprisingly, the longest running streak on record that is up 13.4%. That is year over year, which of course is lower than what we see from the Case-Shiller Index. But as we all know, the Case-Shiller Index is a lag. So I think the Case-Shiller Index is still in uh, May, (laughs) somewhere around there. But that number is shrinking. Like the year over year increases is getting smaller, but increases nonetheless. Now, not surprisingly, once again, the South 
Leading the way, looking at year-over-year appreciation, 16.8%. The median home price now in the South, $374,900, which that sounds expensive until you look at the West, which of course still leads just gross amount, (laughs) just total amount. They're up 9.6% year over year. The median existing home price in California, $624,000. That is crazy. Six, that is the median priced home, $624,000. And they're trying to build out there, but it's still not easy. Uh, Some good news in this report, especially if you're a buyer, Inventory levels continue to increase with units available now up to 1.26 million at the end of June. That is an almost 10% increase month over month. And now year over year, year over year, there we go. Inventory is up 2.4%. So we're finally seeing that all important year over year increase. But here's what's kind of bizarre. So we got inventory levels going up. You would think that time on market would increase, right? That's what I would think. That's not what happened. Time on market actually fell to 14 days, down two days from May. That was one of the most surprising statistics in this report. However, Lawrence Young, chief economist at the National Association of Realtors, well, explains how that's possible. How you can have rising inventory while time on market falls And he said it has a lot to do with seller preparedness. Are realtors preparing their sellers for the changes that are happening in the housing market? He points out, quote, finally, there are more homes on the market. Interestingly, though, the record low pace of days on market implies a fuzzier picture on home prices. Homes priced right are selling very quickly, but homes priced too high are deterring prospective buyers. And this is clearly an issue. That's why you've seen reports from Redfin and I think Realtor.com have shown that you're seeing a lot more price changes. People are dropping the price of their homes because they think that it's two months ago. And they're like, no, no, I'm going to sell my house for 10% over what you think it should be. Whatever Zillow's telling me, 10% above that, and it'll probably sell for 20% above that, and they're not getting any biters. No one's looking at the house. And it's like, oh, your price too high. And so it's a good reason why talking to someone in the business, you know, it's always kind of funny because it's always like, well, when the housing market's really hot, do you really need a realtor? And when the housing market's cold, do you really want to pay for a realtor? And it's like all these arguments. But this is actually why it is important to have not only a realtor, but a good one, because (laughs) they're going to be able to set your price. Because if you set it too high and it sits on the market for too long, that's bad. That is not good. That's going to actually cause the house to probably sell for less. But obviously, if you set the price too low and you don't get as much money for the house, that's a loss for you as well. So you got to know what that price point is. And the people that look at this data and study it every day, of course, are realtors. And I mean, you get what you pay for, <laughs> sort of, I would argue, uh, the or that should be the argument. So, you know, you can 
go the the route, not hire a realtor or hire a cheaper realtor. And like I said, you're usually going to get what you pay for. So if you don't pay for a realtor, you're going to get nothing. <laughs> you got to figure it out on your own. But it definitely helps. This is a situation in a moment where it definitely helps. I mean, there are definitely times you can probably sell your house on your own. But this is a moment where the market is changing that a realtor is going to go, here's the realities of the world. But here's the real problem with all of this data coming out, because, you know, we got home builder confidence down, existing home sales down. We're going to talk about mortgage demand is down. This is all creating a perception that housing is slowing, which it is. I mean, that's that's what's happening. That's the Fed has designed. They wanted to push down demand. But here's the problem. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. The uh, piece by Neil Irwin and Courtney Brown in Axios about the, well, I called it the Newton's third law effect, right? Which is every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And sometimes when you push down demand, it can lead to also pushing down supply. And guess what? More people are starting to realize this. Justin LaHartz over at the Wall Street Journal wrote about this very topic saying, quote, a large number of homes are now under construction, but the worsening sales environment reduces home builders incentive to build more houses on Monday. The national association of home builders said that it's index of prospector buyer traffic for new homes hit its lowest level since 2015. That was, I think at 37. So the index hit, I was joking about how that was equivalent to uh, the confidence level of myself at 15 at a homecoming dance. <laughs> I remember that joke. I remember it on Tuesday. The commerce department reported that both the number of homes started and newly issued building permits fell again in June. If anything, the housing supply, uh, the housing supply problem, there we go, could get worse. This is a big problem because right now, if you go on YouTube, if you go on TikTok, Instagram, where I, of course, post shorts from this program on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, I post the whole show, but there are a lot of videos that are getting a lot of views by people who have been predicting this housing crash. Now, mind you, they've been predicting it. This is probably their 10th housing crash prediction in the last two years. <laughs> it's like, what was that great saying where it was talking about economic? Well, there's my favorite phrase, economic forecasters are like cross-eyed javelin throwers. They don't win many accuracy contests, but they keep the crowd's attention. But there's another great one. Someone had a quote about Michael Burry, who's very pessimistic about markets. You remember him from the big short. And they said that Michael Burry had accurately predicted two, or I should say eight of the last two recessions. Or not accurately. It's He's predicted eight of the last two recessions. <laughs> so he's always calling for a recession because he's just very pessimistic. That's He's kind of, what do they call it? Um well, what's the phrase they use in finance? Is it selling your book? It's, I think that's what it's called, selling your book, where you're basically promoting the bets that you have. So if you're someone who has a lot of shorts, you're going to say the market's going to crash because you want people to start selling and therefore your short positions become more valuable. And so a lot of these doomsayers, they have a reason for it. One, people love to hear bad news for some bizarre reason. We love to claim, we, we pretend that we don't, but we do. We love to hear bad news. And so I watch these videos because I want to hear what they're saying. Nine to, nine out of 10 right now, or I should say 99 out of 100, if not all. Right now, we're all talking about these jumps in inventory. And they're saying, oh, here it is, finally. 
finally here. I've been calling for a housing crash for five years. It's finally happening. But there's an important aspect to the glee that you're seeing from these people and that they finally might be right is yes, we are seeing big pops in inventory. Inventory levels are jumping, especially in local markets that were extremely hot and there was almost no inventory. We are seeing big jumps there. The only problem is we were at historic lows. I mean, not just like bad, like we weren't just low, like historic lows. We've never seen inventory that low. And so if you're having a 10% jump month over month, but you were a historic low, you're still at a low looking at historical data. It's not like you shot all the way up and now we have more inventory than we've ever had. No, 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 no. You're still well below. And that's what LaHart writes about over at the journal saying, quote, Wednesday's report, just talking about existing home sales, 1.26 million existing homes were available for sale in June, which would be enough to cover three months of sales based on the current pace, the 5.12 million. That is the highest month supply figure that we have seen in nearly two years. So that's great, right? Big jump, three months of supply. That is awesome. What is it normally supposed to be? 4.5. <laughs> so we are still, we still need what? A 50% jump in inventory to get back to normal. Just normal. Not an abundance of supply. Just normal supply. We need a 50% increase to get back to normal. And the Concern that people like Justin LaHart, Neil Irwin, Courtney Brown, and others is that that's not going to happen because we are slowing home building at a time when builders should be building in preparation for that demand to return. And that's the big concern that everyone has. Because you're not all of a sudden going to see people start selling homes. I mean, you have Americans right now who are sitting in a home, ton of equity, and what, like a 3% mortgage, 3.5%, and what, they're going to sell their home and pay record high rent or buy another home when home prices are 40% higher and mortgage rates are twice as high. What? That makes no sense. <laughs> so where's the supply going to come from? Where are all these sellers? Gonna, they're going to come from new home construction. But if there are new new homes being built, then you don't get that jump in inventory. So yeah. This is great short term for buyers. I mean, they're all they all of a sudden have choice after two years of a seller's market. They actually have options, but that's going to be short lived if new homes aren't entering the market. And that's one of the big concerns, right? You ra- when you raise rates, it costs more not only to buy a home but to build one because builders. I mean, a lot of times they're financing these these projects, these developments, and now it costs them more money to do that. And so, you know what? Maybe we pull back. Plus the fact that if you're looking at possibly home prices falling a little bit, you don't know where that number is going to be. And it may not even make sense to build a home with commodity prices where they are, where interest rates, where they are, land prices, all of that. It's right now we know that flipping homes is the least profitable it's been in a decade, if not more. And it's because of the acquisition costs, land, housing, whatever it may be, that plays into building costs. And so that is one of the big concerns going forward. And I'm seeing more articles about this 
as I pointed out. All right, before we go, real quick here, mortgage demand. We got to talk about this because it fell, not surprisingly, third week in a row, down 6.3%. But here's the kicker, 22-year low. Demand has fallen to a 22-year low thanks to a 7% drop in the purchase index week over week, and purchases are now down 19% from the same time last year. Refis down 4%, now down 80% year over year. And the refinance share of mortgage activity actually upticked a little bit to 31.4%. And arms decreasing. I think this is the second week in a row they fell to a 9.5%. And the Mortgage Bankers Association had the 30-year fixed average contract interest rate increasing eight basis points to 5.82%, which is 273 basis points higher than the same time one year ago. So everyone was making a big deal about this 22-year low for Mortgage demand, that's a big deal, right? I mean, we went from two years of record originations and now we're looking at demand dropping to a 22-year low. I mean, that's that's not good if you're in the mortgage industry, which I am, <laughs> so it's not good for me. But I mean, let's also put this in context. I mean, we have the, 273 basis points. They say that the current mortgage rate is 273 basis points higher than one year ago. We look at existing home prices. We just talked about this. Median home price up 14%. More than likely, it's higher than that. And what is purchase demand down? 19%? That's it? I mean, if you would have told someone a year ago that the home that they want to buy is 20% more and the mortgage rate would be twice as much, you think they would be like, I'm going to buy this house? (laughs) They'd be like, no, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to do that. And yet only not even 20% of people have done that. That to me just continues to show the strength of the housing market and the fact that there is still demand out there to buy, assuming the home is priced correctly. Big thing. (laughs) And that the people are able to do it. They're able to get the financing. We don't want to start lowering standards in order to encourage more borrowing. We do not want 2008 all over again. But that was my big takeaway. Sure, 22-year low, not great for the mortgage biz, unfortunately, but purchase demand, not even down 20% with all of these factors. You got the Fed raising rates. You got uh, you know inventory levels rising. You have all this pessimism in the housing market and still demand for purchases is only down 19%. That's kind of impressive to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. All right, speaking of me, I got to go. You guys enjoy your Thursday. We'll see you back here Friday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.